John 16. I'd like to read verses 16 through 24. Before I do it, I'd like to pray. John 16. Lord, I uh, ask you to tend to us right now. You are um, a risen Savior and Lord, King and High Priest. May you be honored in what's been prepared here, and may it bless your people in your name. Amen. Uh, John 16 16 through 24, it's Jesus talking with his disciples. A little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father... So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. You may be seated. Most uh, people seem like they, they end when they die. They leave us and we mourn. My grandma died. My dad died. My brother too. Some friends. Where are they? They're gone from me. And I, and I know they still exist, and they're just not here. They're not contactable. And, and surely the ones important to me and to you are the ones who cause the deepest and longest sorrow. Yet when they die, life goes on. And history begins to erase them from our hearts, little by little. Oh, that doesn't sound right. They'll always be in my heart. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
Little by little, history erases them. The dining room chair they used to sit in, others sit there now. And that spot in our memories we visited often early on when they passed, it's gotten intruded upon by things, by things much less important. And you know, after a while, that sting, that death brought, it, does, it doesn't quite hurt the same. Yeah, when we're reminded of them, we kind of rub, rub it like a, an injury, but otherwise... They thought this was the way for Jesus. He's over. He's ended. Death is man's dessert. And Friday was just one more example of it. Since that night, Jesus was no more to the disciples. He'd been taken. They were downtrodden. But Jesus had told them, a little while you will see me no longer, and again a little while, and you will see me. And at the time, his disciples weren't sure what to make of it. They talked about it. What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you you will see me because I'm going to the Father. And what does he mean by a little while? We don't know what he's talking about. I'll tell you what he was talking about. He was referring to his death and resurrection. But was that their first inclination even? Nah, can't be. Death is death. No one shows up after that. But could he? Jesus did elaborate on his comment, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. In verse 20, he explains it. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your, sour, your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, this is the analogy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, he concludes, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away, no one will take your joy from you. He says this to them before he goes up to pray for them as the high priest before he, he goes to the, um, the cross. 
but things have turned dark. But the part about the woman in labor having such sorrow, having such anguish, and then she has the joy of the newborn. Now we're getting somewhere. Jesus compares it to childbirth. Weeping, lamenting, sorrow, and those comport with death. In a similar way of that of a woman in labor. Friday's crucifixion and death of their friend, it was terrible. And how they've felt since has been exhaustingly sorrowful. But if they were told that it would be like giving birth, very painful until the baby is born and transforms the pain by delivering joy, now that is a turn of events. That is to turn water into wine. Death, followed by weeping and sorrow, followed by life and joy. That changes everything. And congregation, the beauty of the Lord's day today, the resurrection, is that death was upheaved. It's no longer the end. Jesus came back from the grave and not to die again, but to live forever. Even more than that, he gives everlasting life to all who place their lives in his tender care. On Easter morning, the disciples' sorrow did turn to joy. It is hard to imagine the emotions that must have been roused when Jesus appeared to these friends and talked with them. What was that like? And I've thought of this before. I've shared this before. The closest I can come to relating to the joyful emotion is to compare it to dreams I've had. Dreams of lost loved ones. And I'm sure many of you have had these as well. In your dream, your, your dad is there with you. He's not dead. He is himself, just as you remember, and you're so happy to see him, relieved that he's alive. And the tears puddled, puddled in your eyes. They're not from sorrow then. No, they are tears of joy. You're so glad to see him. You wake up, you're wiping your cheeks, and then all of a sudden, the joy dissipates. Shoot. It was only a dream. He's not here. Jesus changed death. He made something new. He, he died and, and was made alive forevermore. He's the victor over the grave he, who leads us all into everlasting life. And because of him, I will see my dad alive again and others who were near to me. 
as long as they place their lives in Jesus' care. But that sensation, that, that joy of seeing someone who meant a lot to you alive again? Earlier, Jesus tried to give them this hope. He told them, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. He also said somewhere, he will raise up the temple in three days, meaning his body. He mentioned that the only sign he was going to give the people was the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So it wasn't like he was keeping it a big secret. These are words of hope. Statements upon which they could rely. Yet, all they ever knew was death is the end of someone. And it wasn't until today, seeing him, that they began to really understand his words. Didn't he say? Hadn't he told us? Indeed, Jesus Christ's death was different from the rest. With Jesus' death, sorrow lasted only a little while and got turned into everlasting joy. He became the firstborn from the dead. We know, we know the chains of death had always kept our loved ones from returning, yes, in this Christian era in which we live, we, we get it that there is that hope, that we, we expect the resurrection. But our experience goes back to Eden, this idea that the chains confine the dead. There's no coming back. It's over. They won't come back to us. They're not going to be released to us. Their, their memories of them become faded. Death it was sin's curse. God established it. And the fear of it, the fear of death gave to Satan the power of influence. This man will do almost anything than have his life threatened. But Jesus' death was different. By it, he paid a debt that broke the chains and released captives. The grave could not hold him. He he came out stepping on that serpent's head. Oh, blessed Resurrection Sunday. Blessed be God, it is the day... It is the day that shouts out how there is life beyond the grave. The enemy, mortality, has just been conquered for Jesus is alive. Crud. That is great. 
to what can we compare such joy? Right? Because sometimes it's hard to put ourselves into that. Sometimes we're, we're too complacent. We don't experience joy as I think he'd have us experience it. To what can we compare such joy? I think go back to when you had those dreams of your deceased father or mother or spouse or child. Go back to those dreams. And you're dreaming and you're enjoying the person so. Your heart is full for they are on earth with you. And you're talking or working or playing together, whatever it is that's going on in that dream. But it's just like it used to be. Better. Better as dreams often go. But now, as you begin to stir and awaken and you're wiping wiping the tears of joy, you, you start to worry. I don't want them to go. Keep sleeping. You can't. You open your eyes, but you realize it isn't a dream at all. They're still here. Ah. This, I imagine, is the joy we will have to its fullest measure on the last day. When the dead in Christ will be raised... And those who are still alive will meet Jesus with them. It won't be a fleeting dream. It will be our new reality. And it will last into eternity. So Jesus compared the disciples' Good Friday experience to a mother who suffers while delivering her baby. Then he compares resurrection morning to when that mother has had her baby and forgets all her troubles for the joy that has now been placed on her breast. He told them, Your grief and misery will be overturned and forgotten. It will be transformed. I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Oh, that first Easter morning. It was earth-shaking. It was energetic. Life-giving. It bloomed. The disciples' attention was put on to joy. Could it be he's alive? And so, Christian, you and I can know the joy of everlasting life, really, we can, brought by Jesus. Because, of course, he is still alive. And actually, since his ascension, has become very, very close to us. His ascension didn't take him far, far away from us. It established him in heaven, which is very, very close to us. He imparts his spirit to you and me 
These things are not just on paper, I hope, for you. He is present spiritually. And so even though we don't see him, we still get to attach ourselves to him spiritually. And he tends to us and produces life and goodness in us. This is the Christian reality. Anything that claims of Christianity that does not experience this spiritual life with Jesus has missed the point of it. Jesus is not just Jesus on paper. Jesus told Thomas about disciples like you and me. He said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. It almost sounds like we've got the better deal. That is us he's talking about. We never never put our finger in Jesus' hand or placed a hand on his side like Thomas. We did not see him and speak to him after the resurrection like John and the three Marys, Peter and Andrew and others. Yet he says that we are blessed because we still get him. Not get him, get him. We still have our access and benefit to all he gives to anyone. It's for us. He is as near to us as he was to them. Perhaps nearer. Christian, find this joy in the risen Lord. There is nothing to wait for. Do not wait. He is present. He is alive. Give yourself to him regularly. He is ever present so that your sorrows, if you cling to them, can turn to joy. And take comfort that because Jesus was raised from the dead, so too your Christian loved ones will be raised and you will get to love them once again. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that uh, you would uh, use this to our benefit as you are so close and you do so want us to avail ourselves to you.